mean, I didn't mind when the Dire Straits was offering me it, but your MTV just consists of screams and bleeding. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of La Podquizzes, Sean. Jim, if you can't appreciate Headbangers Ball, get the fuck out. <laughs> well, I'm going to get the fuck out. Laurie, you're in charge now. I'm in charge. Fuck shit, cunt wank. Bollocks. I have my own office and I can swear as loud as I want now. I've been having a lot of fun today. I can do whatever I want and no one's the wiser. I say I'm going in for a work meeting. I could be having a cheeky play around with my downstairs. Who knows? It's my show now. <laughs> That's the glory of your own office. And it's one thing I've... It, it, it can impede um, productivity. To finally get your own office with a lock on the door and realise, I could get so much work done. Oh, but look, here's lots of porn. Um, so that's, <laughs> exactly. that's always fun. My, my fun bit of today has been working out, now that I have my own office door, mm-hmm. do I want to have like some kind of placard on the, like, the outside of the door that has a fancy sounding title? So I'm like... What fancy sounding title do I want on my office door to be like, no, this is where the business happens. Like, this is the room of butt journalism. Yeah. Director of butts is in here, get out. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Director of butts, MD. When I was living with my old flatmates, and I'm going to say this under my breath, but <laughs> they bought me a sign for my door that said the harem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I I've been having a Join fun a day today folk, just really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I've been enjoying today the knowledge that like now I am in this office anything goes and I can spout my inane bullshit anytime day or night without disturbing anyone. That's which good. Is glorious. Except except Apart for from everyone us. who listens to the show and, yeah. and all our poor listeners. Yeah. But well, that's, that's their fault. Who that, to our they, bullshit. <laughs> they enter into a contract where it's like you've got to face the bullshit or, or get the fuck out like yeah. like i've had to yeah you download this show and it's like hey i want video game news but that i i acknowledge that to get to that video game news i am gonna probably have to hear someone describe finding a pube in their chips or some yeah. bullshit yeah, yeah. that, that happened this week i found this this week i was having a mcdonald's with someone and they found a pube in their chips have you ever found oh, a chips brilliant. in your pubes uh, all the time. Just oh God! Day yeah, that's in, day kind of a British, like, oh, it's no, a British I, I, storage I, method, isn't it? It's like there's more chips yeah. than pubes down there for well, me. You, you talk about people like accidentally dropping their food and it getting stuck in their beard for later. Like, oh, there's a bit of sweet corn in my beard. Yeah. Like, if you're just eating nude, then your pubes are there purely to catch food. Yeah. This has gone and taken oh, one no. of those strange turns. Oh, you want to be like done, Sunday afternoon it? when they're hungover and need some vindaloo? They just have a rummage around down below. <laughs> No, when you get when you get to my size, you learn not to eat nude because you'll get surprises later that you just that no one wants. Um, speaking of food, big thank you to one of them did come with a card and I don't have it to hand. I'm very sorry, but it was whoever sent it with the Friday the Thirteenth shot glasses. Uh, thank you very much. That was wonderful. But a few weeks ago, I did talk about putting a load of Monster Munch and stuff on my wish list. Mm. And if I just reach down here, like. Like, I cannot move for Monster Munch (laughs) right now. I I am having an equally nice week from the Amazon wish list because considering the last time that I ate food on the show was, like, one of the the rare times where I've had to offer an edit of the show for people who did not like the sound (laughs) of gagging, uh, lots of people have been really nice. And over the last week or two, I had, like... I've had two separate one kilo bags of blueberry jelly beans turn up at my door. I had a box of retro sweets. I had a huge bag of 
fruit salads and blackjacks. I'm like, oh, this is oh, nice. God. This is this is all good. In ages. I miss I miss blackjacks. Oh, I, I'm taking all my blackjacks and I'm having them when I go to the Midnight Star Wars showing tonight because oh, good, good. Uh, I can eat them and not have to be self-conscious about my mouth turning black because it's it's going to be midnight in the dark and That's true. everyone will be too busy looking at the dog that is allowed to shoot a gun. Yeah, and if anyone does see it, you just go, the force! And then they'll ah, say, oh, my mouth is being taken over by the dark side. That is right. Ah, the, do the force, it. The force did it. She got, she got the Sith tongue. That's yeah. terminal. Got, got a bad old case of the yeah. Sith tongues. <laughs> uh, Gavin. Yeah. Gavin. Yeah. My, my sweet, beautiful boy. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I just can't stop these Eddie Vedder things today, man. I know. Like, I've been listening to Pearl Jam and I'm like, Freezing, rest his head on a pillow made of concrete. Okay. <laughs> well, I was going to ask how you've been, but I think that answers the question. I've been pretty um, good, man. That's good. I'm glad to hear I put, it. I put uh, out my yeah, album this are... week. Yeah, you did. Yes. Me and Jim got a thank you note that was oh, yeah. also kind of a passive aggressive <laughs> the audience are gonna love in the... your notes. If you go and look up the mm. credits to my album, I'm going to let Laura say what it was. <laughs> Uh, it's the most passive aggressive thank you that I've ever like that I've ever received for anything. It's uh, like in in Gav's album notes there is a thing that says thank you to Jim and Laura for not coming in and constantly talking over me while I'm trying to edit my music. <laughs> and I was like I think this is really sweet and lovely. I can see how this could seem like a really backhanded compliment. I meant it in the <laughs> nicest way. It, it, I know, I, I assumed as much. It seemed like a very sweet thing to have thought of us. But let's 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 do that now. I mean, we normally plug at the end, but that this is big news. Yep. Um, so this is level six. It's level six. Six albums level already. Six. That is insane. You've level hit six. level six. You've hit level six already. Uh, any second now, you're gonna learn like fire row or some kind of like low level healing magic. I'm very impressed to see which skill tree you pick. Is that like WoW speak? That that is just general JRPG terms. Ah, okay. I'm trying to throw out. It's like oh, you're leveling. Uh oh, yeah. making I was jokes. gonna go with some D and D, but I've forgotten what. But what I think I'm just pouring, yeah. I'm pouring all my points into luck and charisma. I think that's, I was, that's good stuff. I was I was trying to rack my brain for like what level do Pokemon evolve? Like does <laughs> does Caterpie become a Metapod at level six? Are you about to go into a hard cocoon and learn harden? And everyone who catches you is going to call you penis because you can harden. Is that what's going to happen to you, Gav? Definitely, absolutely, definitely. And then I'm yeah. going to okay. level up again into Eddie Vedder. Oh, once upon a time. <laughs> So, and then I'll know that I'm responsible for Creed and I'm going to have to like pay reparations to the global community to say sorry for inspiring Creed. So yeah, yeah Gavin did an album. It's so, a yes. good album. You should go check it out because it's good. Where can we go buy this album if you want to buy it, Gav? Uh, currently it's just on Bandcamp, uh, but it'll be on like iTunes and Amazon and Spotify and all those in another five or six days, I would think. So. I'm, I'm personally waiting until the cassette tape release that you know you put out for all the all the hipster nerds, and that's when I'll be picking it up. But you know, Bandcamp you know, works I would too if you're love not a hipster. To have that option because I love how music sounds on old tapes. Oh, I know a friend of mine who does like small scale music did a production run, like they did like an Indiegogo or something to do a run of a hundred cassette tapes. Yeah. I love cassette tapes; they're wonderful. I love things. the like, hiss. I love the yeah. the very slight detuning that happens when the tape gets old. Oh, I know. Yes. There is something magical about it. So I, I, I go buy it anyway, yeah. regardless of my joke. But I still think that that's the thing you need well, to do one, someday, one Gav, if it's doable. The Fallout song on it has a 
effect on it that emulates that. It slightly goes in and out of tune all the time as if it were on an old tape. So, mm. Well, look at that then. You're going to improve me. You're going to make my point happen already before I even joked it. Well worth it. Well now, if only it. physical what? media were financially viable. <laughs> <laughs> That's always the problem. Um, yeah, As many failed Kickstarters find out when they... Promise all of these great rewards. Any, and what, like, the the, the t shirts to... you the t shirts you ship out to Mongolia don't pay for themselves. <gasps> <laughs> See, this is why you go with a distributor like Shark Robot, where you can buy fantastic Jimquisition merchandise. Uh, <laughs> I highly uh, recommend you check it out. It's for all your need. I Shark Robot was at um, GamerX this week. I was at GamerX this past weekend, as people know. Yeah, um, you were you were there. You were you were gay. Everyone was pretty okay with that. Everyone was pretty okay with with all of the queerness that was going on. It was a it was a very isn't nice that what GamerX is? It's like an LGBT like kind mm-hmm. of event. Yeah, yeah. Um, with the caveat that of course everyone's welcome. Yeah, um, so long as like you're like not most gay bars, really. Then yeah, it was it was very nice. It was very relaxed, very chill. You know, it wasn't a huge event, but got to meet interesting people. I got to meet Catherine Cross, um, who is just lovely. Um, in IRL. Oh, um, I, I got her to be on a panel with me in August in London. She's absolutely lovely, isn't she? Yes, absolutely. She really knows her stuff, too. She's oh, very, yeah. very well-spoken when she's on panels. Mm-hmm. Um, very commanding in a panel. Like, really, yeah. really knows how to get to the audience. I, I watched the, the um, I Need Diverse Games panel um, mm. with, with her on it, and it was, it was uh, very good. Uh, there's always something to learn from that kind of stuff, because I'm not, you know... I, I'm not the most learned when it comes to social issues. I do my best, but you're pretty recently, damn learned. Well, I, I feel like there's there's always stuff to learn, and st- and and events like that are a great place to do it. Um, so so that was good. I got to see some nice fun panels. I actually got a shout out in the I Need Diverse Games panel, which I wasn't expecting. It was actually a fun moment. Was they, was uh, this? Am I right that this shout out was to do with your review mentioning all of the uh, the the pa- the poly polyamories and whatnot yes. in Fallout Four? Yes. Yes, they mentioned the Jimquisition, and um, then they said like they they knew that they said like I I know Jim's at the show. I don't know if he's here. And then I'm just in the back of the room just going, hello, <laughs> uh, which was, that was a fun little moment. Um, but yeah, that was a fun panel. Uh, most of it was, you know, just, just chilling out and, and, and meeting interesting. We met Christine Love for the first time ever. Um, and they, um, let's see, Christine Love and Mike Cosimino from Destructoid uh, mm. were talking about uh, More Than Meets the Eye, Transformers comic, where apparently Megatron's now an Autobot and Starscream is like Emperor of Cybertron, and I'm like, I've got to get him on board with that shit. Um, Did you say Megatron's now a robot? Uh, Was Autobot. he not always a robot? Uh, oh, Autobot. Autobot. I thought you said he's a robot. I'm like, this doesn't seem like the huge revelation you are here implying <laughs> it to be. I thought he was a cat this whole time. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, apparently like the war's over in the, this particular comic continuity and, and they're like dealing with that, uh, the, the, the the afterfall of the war. Um, wow, yeah, that, that was sounds apparently pretty Christine interesting. Love, it, it sounded awesome the way Christine described it. Apparently like, Christine Love can it, talk about... Historically, when Starscream like becomes the boss, it doesn't go well for him. Yes, so I am interested in checking that out. Um, I guess I'll, I'll give general thoughts on GamerX and everything. Um, it's a shame because it was a pretty, it was a bad weekend for me, but it wasn't GamerX's fault. So <laughs> I'm in this weird sort of melancholy about it, but 
the show it, it had nothing to do with the show itself uh, which was you know it was a it was a good show they they put on a good show um they had some really nice exhibition stuff i got to check out a few games there was one that I, I promised the developer i'd bring it up to you laura because i think you are like this is gonna really get your your um attention um i don't know if you've ever heard of a game called fragments of him no, I have no idea what right. this is. Keep an eye out for fragments of him. That sounds like Jim's floor at the end of this week after he's had a week <laughs> alone. <laughs> oh, I, do you know- <laughs> I don't want to talk about what, what happens in the hotel. Room. Do, do, um, do you know who developed this uh, fragments of him? Oh, I have a card somewhere, but actually, I, the, you know what? The card is probably with my luggage, which is when I last checked, was somewhere in Houston, Texas. Uh, I'm waiting to have my fucking luggage brought back to me because it didn't make my connecting flight. Okay. Fragments in which is gym. really fun because yeah. it's got all of my fucking Jimquisition material in it and I'm filming a cameo for someone today and I'm, I might have to just do it in fucking sweatpants and a tracky top, which isn't really the Jimquisition look, you know? Just, just draw, like, a tie onto it in biro. You'll be fine. Yeah. I tell you what, though, I will... Just a little bit of Google Foo will sort this out for us. Got a nice visual Ew. style, this game. Oh, there we I go, should... Gavin's found it already. Yeah. I should be looking and up, it, shouldn't and I? it appears to have an office room in it with fragments of Jim. Sassy Bot. Sassy Bot Studio. Now... I have never heard of Sassy Bot, but I'm looking at the trailer now and doing... I, I see interactive fiction, so I'm like, oh, it's one of those non-games that I am so into. <laughs> Yeah, there is some of that. Yeah, um, but it's one of those ones because because I'm always like fifty fifty on those games. Yeah, where I'm like some of them I really like and some of them I really don't like. I played five minutes of this and it made me want to text my wife afterwards. Oh yeah, because the opening and this isn't spoiling too much because this the opening is more or less the impetus for the rest of the game. But you're playing a guy who's just sort of left, I guess, for work or is he's left to drive somewhere. Um, you can choose one of three things he says to his boyfriend before he leaves. Um, gets in the car. They call it second person, where it's like the character's doing their own thing. Um, you're not really in direct control, but you kind of manipulate um, things in the environment to get the story moving. Um, so this guy's driving in his car, talking about his boyfriend and how, um, you know, all the little things in life that he's not been appreciating and how he hasn't come out and properly told his partner what he thinks and how he feels about him. And this all leads up to a fucking car crash. Oh, wow. And a really, um, like, because I was with uh, Mike, as I say, Mike Cosmina from Destructoid, and he said, like, he'd he'd recently been in a car wreck. Mm. And, like, it really got to him because he said they got the car crash, like, scarily authentic because it's not movie yeah. Hollywood style it's it's that subtle like sudden shit this is a car crash happening crunch black and that's that was how the demo ended and I'm like and and just that on its own if that was like a little five minute experimental thing put online I think that alone would turn heads but the fact that they then have like multiple protagonists across like a, a two and a half hour or so experience. You, you are hitting um, all of my buttons right I now, know, Jim. I, I am getting so turned on. I might just have to mute the mic for a minute. <laughs> I was telling the devs like like I'm, I, I podcast with um, with my friend Laura. This is exactly her thing. And the first time I I get back home, like I'm telling her about this. Um, so yeah, the game is very much about uh, you know dealing with the loss and, and coping with it and 
learning to be okay with grief while at the same time sort of um, again, I don't want to give too much away, but it is very much about coping yeah. with grief, being okay. Do, with do we do grief. we know if this game is like out now or is it? It's not out now. It's going to be out in um, I think they said March twenty sixteen. Okay, so, so like in not... the first like quarter or so of the year. Yeah, yeah, it's not massively far away, um, and yeah, it's got a very interesting art style. It's kind of they didn't quite go with just the grey. Like the monochrome with some red that a lot of games go for. It's it's very muted, but they they have bits of colour that come in through it. Um, obviously, they keep things very simple um, with character faces and that. They often, mm. I said at the time, I was telling them that they look almost marionette-ish. Um, and he said, uh, one of the developers, he said one of the interesting things is that people who have played it said that they... Um, noted the changes in facial expressions, and he's like, they don't change. Like <laughs> apparently, it just worked worked so well that people well, it's, sense it's, the emotional change that's there. It's, it's the the one two punch of faces and like crossing the uncanny valley being goddamn expensive for indies to do. Mm-hmm. And like, hey, if we have a nice base, then people can read their own stuff into it, and that's. You know, a nice artistic message that's conveniently much cheaper to do. Generally with indies, when you don't have the huge budget for animations, you kind of want to stay away from realism, don't you? Because it's why you have like even Even big budget games have problems with the Uncanny Valley. Yeah, it's why you have things like Soma and Gone Home where it's like, large chunks of this, you will not see another human being use their face to do words because that's really hard to do. It's that whole thing of innovation through adversity. You find ways around it and inadvertently make cool stuff. I thought, as as dull as I thought the game was, what was that walking game this year in the abandoned Um, English village? Everybody's Gone for the Rapture. Yeah, that one. I thought they yeah. handled the the limitations of doing characters quite well in that with the light. There was interesting stuff done in it, definitely. It, it, I mean, it, my, my opinion on it the was, game was... They like, stood it was out a smart like a sore thumb in Ethan Carter because the rest of that game yeah. was so good looking. That That yeah. is very, very true. So, but yeah, that's yeah. fragments of him. That is looking um, very interesting. Um mm. And and the people making it really have their eye on the wall. Like They're, they're already prepared for, like, you know, the people that aren't going to like it, but they're prepared for the people that are going to like it. They said, actually, the um, the sound studio that recorded the, the voiceovers and the music and everything um, haven't charged them because apparently they loved it so much and they loved the script and oh, they loved the recording wow. so much that they said, like, we just want to get this out there. So, yeah, there's a lot... Uh, there's uh, a lot of um, I I I'm seeing it like you know I'm not always 100 percent on my predictions but something tells me this is going to be next year's thing. This is going to be next year's next darling. next year's um, indie game that everyone complains about because they're like oh it's Tumblr the game it's shit <laughs> <laughs> on the top can't like on it. the topic <laughs> of that. Laura and Jim got some really angry Facebook messages from me this week, didn't you? <laughs> oh, yeah. So Gav Gav tried to play Undertale this week, and he disliked it, but not for the reasons that like no, the internet probably I, would expect I of did like I did like it, actually. I liked it a lot. I liked mm. the characters and stuff, but the combat mixes two things I hate, turn-based and bullet hell. And when they're yep. together... <laughs> Like, it's a recipe for rage. So. I, I really cannot, like, hold that against you, Gavin. Like, if you don't like turn-based JRPGs and bullet hell, yeah, yeah. It's not this is not the game for you. For like, you. I, I can just... handle turn-based in stuff like uh, fo- like the old Fallouts or Wasteland or, 
because I can just put it on easy, you know, mm. <laughs> and speed my way through it. But with this, I just oh, fuck. I was I've, I haven't raged like that a game in like a very yeah. long time. Like <laughs> the the thing for me is I'm not very I'm not very good at bullet hell. Mm. But some of I got far enough into it before I was having problems with the bullet hell that like some of the narrative threads surrounding determination had gotten far enough underway that like it was like oh okay I I am gonna persevere with this. That being said, if you hadn't made it quite far enough to have that and. If 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 you've also got problems with the JRPG stuff, yeah, this game mechanically is not going to be for you, and maybe you should find a nice YouTuber's yeah, let's play and watch through them. That's play what it. I'm going to do, and I've been told to watch the pacifist run because that's the true one. And I'd say watch yeah. the pacifist one, and if you're still curious after that, watch. You can find like videos of just the differences in the. Um, in the genocide or no mercy run, and yeah. like if there's, it's, it, you'd have maybe forty five minutes of new stuff to watch to be like, oh, if, the, oh, if there are I people out there who, un, who are unsure about Undertale, uh, and this is just like, I, I would recommend it. Like, if you are okay at Bullet Hell, you don't need to be amazing at it. Like, the thing is, I'm awful at it. I get really stressed mm. out by Bullet Hell stuff. <laughs> like, it actually legit makes my blood boil. Like. <laughs> Oh yeah, some of them get really quite tough. During but particularly, the, uh, particularly if you take the uh, the kill everything routes. Mm. Yes. My God, well, it, was, it was the, the, oh. there was one where there was like two dogs and they had these axes, and it took me like five deaths to figure out that it's actually really easy to dodge the two axes, but you just yeah, need to know how. It's all about learning the patterns because with those axes, it's like okay, when like they're lifting up, you yeah. go underneath them, pop to the side, into, go back and, to the middle, and then when into, they into hop the love heart, which was yeah, like, and into the love heart. There's so much to love about the game. It's very, very clever, and the little meta things are funny as well. Like, I don't want to spoil too much, but I killed a character by mistake, and then I said fuck this and reloaded, and the game recognized mm. that I had done that. It's like oh yeah, yeah, and it holds oh, yeah. that. You against. think you can just there's save no and reload? Do you? <laughs> anything the yeah. game the game knows everything you've ever done and it's it's incredible it's, and it's and, and, it does some very interesting things like as far as i only realized like very recently that there's one particular ending to the game that if you get that ending it will forever stop you getting one of the endings again you can't go back and get one of these damn. other endings that like if you do one set wow. of things it's like right you're gonna pay for that choice you never get to have this ending ever again I'm like, what, what? No! That ah. game, that game, and the soundtrack, oh, oh my god. Yeah, this I've weekend been I to... was mainlining remixes of Undertale songs. Yeah, I've been listening to so many Megalovania remixes and vocal remixes <laughs> of songs, and like, I have a, a favourite pair of songs that like I've got really into this weekend, which is a pair of versions of the final fight of the genocide run, uh, the narrative of that, as a like lyrical addition over the stronger than you from Steven Universe. Oh wow! And that sounds like a weird combination of things, but if you've played the uh, the kill everything runs of Undertale, it's probably one of the most like impressive bits of fan creation I've ever seen. Hmm. It was very well done. So I can recommend. Um, I don't know how to. Actually, I'm not going to try and. Um... Are you trying to think of how to describe these things without spoiling things? Well, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Um, pronounce her name so I'm just going to go with her YouTube handle which is Adrisaurus mm. A-D-R-I-saurus like a dinosaur Yeah, uh, she 
is just immensely talented. Yes, has, yes. She's done like Steven Universe, Zelda, a whole bunch of um, stuff. Mm. But she's got three Undertale songs. And um, they're all fucking amazing. Yeah, like these really sort of, really like quite emotional covers of, of Home and Megalovania. Like Megalovania is a very slow vocal piano um, thing and it's, it's amazing. And she also just has a really fun version of Spider Dance. Uh, which so I, I recommend checking all them out. Like Adrosaurus is, yeah. Like I just discovered her this weekend, and I'm uh, like, where where has she been all my yeah. life? She's got good that, views. That being on said, that. she's got like three hundred and seventy eight thousand views on that Undertale. Yeah, yeah like the oh, with Megalovania covers. Like if you want views, James just cover Megalovania. Are, uh, yeah, they are sh- yeah. they are uh, big for views. Um, I and it, right now anything to do with Undertale is big on views. Yeah. Well, so. it is officially better than the Ocarina of Time. <laughs> yep, it is still number one out of out of all the video games best game ever made, according to Game Facts. So have fun, Game Facts. I'm staying out of that one. <laughs> oh god. It's you know what, like like all the all the talk of boil piss and, and outrage or not outrage or whatever aside. Um, I'm just happy that it's getting some damn recognition, you know, because it, it, it deserves it. Like, Ocarina of Time can win any year in any poll, so why not just let this year just go to something that could really do with the boost, Well, that's, you know? that's the thing, is, right, I'm not, I'm not going to be fighting the fight to say that Undertale is the best game ever made at this stage or anything like that, no. but what I will say is... Undertale is a damn impressive game that has very little in the way of like visible rough edges. It is a very well made game that a lot of people are really into. And I'm really glad it's picking up the positive fan and critical reception it's got, because yeah. I think I mean, I'm I think surprised if... that it's not a game that more that hasn't been more universally loved because it's not just got like Because it do- because take it from someone who isn't even like I've been playing games for like 30 years or so and it's not going to be a game that a lot of modern gamers are going to get into simply because the combat is so, so antiquated. Well, yeah, but the the thing is, is the kind of people who are complaining about Undertale is the kind of, are the kind of people who generally complain that games are too easy, all these Tumblr people are liking their non-games with no mechanics. And, and here you give them, it's like, right, here is a blending of two me- of two genres that rarely, that like I don't think have ever been blended before, that's yeah. really polished, really well written. One harkens back, back to, yeah. yeah, like... Wait a minute, why do people not like the game? Oh, because they're writing it off as there tum- Tumblr social really? justice bullshit. I don't get yeah. any like, yeah. social justice vibe from the game. No, it's it's because a load of women like it and a load of the gays and people like that like it that they're writing it off as a Tumblr game. I think I mentioned this last week, but there was a, a, a post from Game FAQs being shared where it was like, Oh, is this, this, this game is disliked. It's... This like I hate this game because it's liked by casuals and people who have <laughs> interests outside of video games. Oh my god! All of the com- I saw one complaint post on um, I think this was on NeoGaf where someone was trying to make a post about you need to boycott Undertale because Undertale is is furthering the social justice warrior agenda. Every what? copy you buy is furthering Anita Sarkeesian's career. I'm like, yeah, what I are you on I didn't about? Get very far I think it, but that was I didn't see anything well. resembling uh, that kind of a message. In there really, there is. Like a, it was I mean, about it's the same like thing. skeletons making you do puzzles. <laughs> Yeah, what? like it's it's the same thing we saw with her story, which has mm. nothing to do with social justice. It just 
has a woman talking yeah. in it, which is enough these days to like set off a small a small group yeah. of I mean, let's let's be diplomatic here. Uh shit fuckers. <laughs> um you know, it's just enough to set them off now. Anything that seems a bit different. Well, like Un- Undertale has bang like bang. Undertale has a protagonist whose gender is never acknowledged and there's some lesbians. Therefore, uh, social justice. Oh no. You know, it's funny because the fact that that and BioWare games to me don't feel in any way political kind of emphasizes the point that, that things only feel political when they disagree with your own politics. Yes, they yeah. feel apolitical when they line up with your political yeah. view, etc. Because seriously, that game did yeah. not feel in any way trying to make any <laughs> statement about this or that. It just no. was. Yeah. That being said, I'm really I'm really glad to hear that you did give it a shot. Um, yeah. I'm going to watch it a, is, a playthrough. Yeah. Like. I, I think you'd enjoy it. Like It seems like you, you've enjoyed the early stuff in, in terms of its writing and story enough. Yeah. You'd probably enjoy watching through a playthrough. Yeah, I, like so. Personally, with the writing and stuff, I, I wouldn't be as mad about it as you guys. You've not yet got to the end. Yeah. Like, I was very like, oh, this is cute. Until, like, all the plot threads come together at the end. I'm like, oh, Well, shit. I kept hearing about the skeletons, and then when I got to them, I was like, yeah, they're cute and they're funny, but, like, I don't know why people are saying this is revolutionising the, <laughs> the video <Okay>. games. The, <laughs> most, most of the characters, when they're initially introduced, seem very cute, very likeable, but very one-dimensional in the gag that they're doing. Yeah. As the narrative goes on... You discover that there's actually, like, there's a lot to these characters that's just under that sort of bubbly, bright, friendly exterior. Yeah. And it starts taking some moves where it's like, oh, that was a really smart storytelling decision of how you layered some extra depth into this character. Plus Papyrus is just fucking amazing. Papyrus, by the end of the game, Papyrus is just the best character in anything ever, and I love him. Fucking love Papyrus. So, should we talk about some video game news? Because we are, how far into this show are we? We are, what? Well, 30 minutes into the talking. I can talk a little bit more about some stuff I saw at Gamer X. What else did you see at Gamer X? I tried some VR. What headset did you try? I tried the Samsung Gear VR. Ooh. The mobile phone one. Because that one. Aside from the fact that it's 99 bucks on Amazon, yeah. which, which is affordable, so it already had my vote, um, I tried out a game called Bazaar. Uh, not Bazaar as in weird, Bazaar as in where you go and shop and buy a gourd. Mm. Um, and it's on a magic carpet, which just kind of steers itself, but there are turns in the map, and you can look left and right to turn. And it's all done by looking. Um, and you collect things in the environment by staring at them and just holding your gaze there for a while and it comes to you. And you can pick up things like a shield so that when the alligator is in the water and jumps at you, you look at the shield and it brings it up and protects you. Um, so it's just this really intro- very intuitive virtual reality experience. And the first time I've I've really felt like I've played one where I don't need 12 feet of space like you literally Mm. just have to stand in place 
and turn round. And of course, because there's no wires or anything with a Gear VR, because you just slap your phone into it, um, you know, you can turn 360 degrees and not worry about anything. Uh, so I was suitably impressed by Bizarre. Um, and that kind of pushed me, because I'd, I'd been humming and hawing on maybe getting a Gear VR just, to, just so I can say hmm. I've done some VR stuff. Um, and the whole mobile phone aspect of it made it feel a lot more accessible to me than, than some of the other VR stuff out there. Um, so I was impressed with it, and, and as I say, impressed enough that on the flight back from um, Portland, uh, where I'd sort of road-tripped from San Jose, um, I just sort of impulsively, because they were out of stock, and then I saw they were in stock when I was at the airport, and I just hit by, and I'm expecting that... Um, what's the date today? Yeah, so I'm expecting that next week. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll play Bizarre in full then and, and uh, give a review. That'll be my first guest VR game review. Look I'm very interested in the idea <laughs> of it. Like, a lot of the VR stuff, is, as listeners to this show will know, kind of leaves me feeling a bit meh. But I am the idea of slapping my own phone into this, this special mm. lens thing um, interests me. Yeah, um, like and, I've, uh, I've been messing around with that same sort of stuff this week with Google yeah. Cardboard because I found like a nice, um, basically an app that will allow your mobile phone to basically be your VR screen for things like yeah. Fallout 4. I was oh. playing Fallout 4 in my Google Cardboard this week. Worked That's surprisingly well. I was like, oh, yeah, I like these phone VR setups. They're it's not an so interesting bad. idea. It really is. It's it's a clever little idea, and um, having you know having a, a Samsung phone and everything, um, you know, just the Gear VR seemed like a good buy. So I'll, I'll be giving be able to give impressions on that um, after. I think it's scheduled to get here on the twenty first. So I guess after Christmas, whatever, whenever you know, the next show we do after Christmas, I can talk a bit about how the Gear VR's been working out for me. So that's yeah. good. Now, the the one other game I want to talk about that I tried at GamerX um, is uh, it's a mobile game. It's uh, for iOS. They said they're going to go on Android at some point as well. Um, and it's a game called Smooth Operator. Now, Laura, I don't know if you've heard of Smooth Operator, but this is another one that might be right up your alley. I, I have heard some rumblings about this one. You've heard rumblings about this I've one. I've heard some right. rumblings. Okay, so it's a two-player iOS game. Now... I highly recommend like a, an iPad, some sort of tablet. Um, <laughs> God, this game. Um, you choose one. Each of you choose a character. Like one of you will have one half of the um, tablet screen. The other one of you will have the other half. Uh, you choose between various characters, some of whom are references to other games or other properties. Um, some of whom are parodies, some of whom are just original characters. You know, any gender you want, you know, it doesn't matter. The game does not di discriminate between who is going to take part in the smooth operation. Um, but once you've chosen your character, you then choose a location. And there are various sort of areas in the town, and you both travel there to make out. Um, yeah. <laughs> And each of you put your finger on your half of the screen and you follow the directions on the screen. Um, just very simple, rhythm action style movements. Um, and that makes your tongues come out and just start licking at each other as these two characters make out. And then when you've made out long enough and you do well, you can then go for a super and then a heart appears in the middle of the screen and then you each of you have to put your finger on the same icon which of course is all ooh, touchy-feely <gasps> um, 
and move in time as the heart moves around. So both of your fingers sort of on this same icon, like moving around. And then you do a super and the super changes depending on which location you chose. You know, so if you go to the statue of Baphomet to make out, um, you open your mouths together and just like a deathly gas comes out of your mouths with skulls in it and everything. Um, so yeah, very simple game, uh, very silly game. Um, not one I would probably suggest you could play for hours on end, but it's it's one of those party piece games. It's like you can always whack this one if you're with a friend and you're like, here's something to do for like five minutes. It's a nice drunken uh, icebreaker in the hotel when you're all about to pass out. It's like, hey, yes. why don't we do the funny, silly kissing game? Yeah, and then, then, then you do it for real. Yeah. yeah. Well, that that is what the catalyst is for. You, you do the game and it's like, oh... I wonder how realistic this game is. We should kiss and see if, should, the, if the skull gas happens. Yeah, we should. We should try. It wouldn't. You know, this is just crazy, right? And then, I don't yeah, know yeah. If, if you're into it, but I, I think we should like, like, because that looked fun. Like, we should do that for real. Yeah, I know, right? That just seems like such a good idea. Yeah, I might. So, so if I just did <laughs> anyway. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh god, so that, fan that fiction fun. fodder has been created. Yeah, I'll read it. A yeah. Lot. That's, that's um, fine, I'll, I'll read it too. Yeah, so GameRack's very chill. Um, I didn't get to meet some of the people I was hoping to meet. Um, it wasn't their fault, people got busy. So, But I did meet uh, Marie Monzo, who used to work at Destructoid. Went to um, an arcade that's out in San Jose. Uh, I think it's called like Level 1 or Round 1 or something. Um, they had an Aliens Armageddon machine. Yes. So I went and shot some aliens. They had House of the Dead 4, so I played that. And then I found it, sadly, sad in the dark corner, the darkest corner in the arcade was Silent Hill, the arcade experience. And it was there, like, like bleak, blackened, um, covered, like, to make it atmospheric, it had all black cloth all over it, but it just kind of looked like they were trying to hide it. Um, it, it feels like a somewhat tonally fitting end for that arcade cabinet. Yeah, yeah, and and by end, I mean it, it's on its last legs, because I went, I, I obviously had to try and play it. I mean, the game itself is dog shit. I mean, I like light gun games, I've played a fair few in my time, and by the st you know, even ignoring the fact it's Silent Hill and obviously a bastardization of Silent Hill, it was bad, as as a light gun game itself. This wasn't helped by the fact that clearly this thing had been so abandoned and forgotten. The gun itself worked 50% of the time. It just, it wasn't firing most of the time. And the, it had been so unplayed that the title screen had been burned into the monitor. So throughout the whole game, you can see the outline of the word Silent Hill press start. <laughs> uh, in, insert credit. Of you know. course you can. The whole thing. There's video of it. Um, because I'm doing the Jimquisition Awards and then the top ten shittiest awards uh, for mm. the next two episodes, you probably won't see that particular Fuck Konami news segment for, like, three weeks. <laughs> but, it, you know, it's not like it's timely. Um, but, yeah, uh, I'm doing a Fuck Konami news segment because I got footage of me just playing this game and having a bad time. That, that's fine. We're going to have a Fuck Konami news segment when we get to the news of this episode because we, oh, we, we done got some news this week. Are we are we in a place where have you have you finished your gamer X stuff for us to nicely segue in here? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, let's, let's do this. Let's let's do the the segue to the news. So, oh, yeah. time for fuck Konami news. Uh, turns out Kojima wasn't on holiday. 
Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, apparently he was <clears throat> he left his job. Who'd have thunk it? I, I mean, certainly didn't see it coming. It's it like like I've heard stories about how like Japanese um, business is often you know not good for the workers and the like corporate climate there isn't good. But if you leave on vacation and come back with your own company. <laughs> I might start working in Japan because that's one fucking hell of a holiday. Yeah, the fact that they're letting him take this this new position while he still works at Konami is amazing. Well, that that's at your holiday perk in Japan. You get a free company when you go on your holiday. Yeah, you get you get a free um, new business deal with a different company that's exclusive to not your apparent company. Happy holidays. So for anyone who doesn't know, this happened uh, the morning of the day that we are recording this episode. It got announced that Kojima, you know, he wasn't on holiday. He has left Konami. And the second that this news was official, we started seeing selfies of um, Kojima at Sony's offices. And then within 24 hours, we had, hey, here is a video from Sony in which Sony talk about the fact that... uh, They've snapped Kojima up very, very quickly. Yeah, like they jumped yeah. on that. I mean, there was no doubt that that he was going to be fine. Like, yeah. there was no doubt that someone would have him. Yeah, some com- um, like if he wanted to be with a new big company, someone would have him straight away. And Sony was a pretty safe bet for where he would land. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad but... that he's still sort of keeping his. Uh... You know, independence. He's obviously working with Sony. He's not yeah. working for Sony. Um, I understand that there are, you know, people are disappointed that obviously this means he's working on a PlayStation exclusive. Well, not necessarily. I think it's important to note because a lot of people have said PS4 exclusive. Mm-hmm. It's console exclusive to Sony. Ah. It is coming to PC. Well, there we go. Okay, that's well, Met- so, Metal Gear that's... was was um, previously Sony. Well, yeah, in in the well. past, it was a Sony thing. Um, it's like, knowing it's coming to PC, people are a, a little less um, upset than they were initially when this news broke, and it's basically just Sony are bankrolling him for good publicity for themselves, and to basically keep it away from Microsoft on console. Yeah. I, I can see it's it's very tactical. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's a shame for people who just have an Xbox, you know? Um, I, I never get into the gloating about exclusivity, yeah, and I, I always prefer the idea that everyone, no matter what they've got, can play a game. Obviously, the one console future would be beautiful because mm-hmm. everyone can play whatever and that'd be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would but... it, though? Because a monopoly is never a good thing. Uh, okay, I've completely very much um, oversimplified an argument there. In that one regard, a one console future would be a beautiful thing if we'd it be, just I would imagine we'd be buying everything. very expensive video games. It would. There would be a whole, lit- there'd be a whole well, litany I, of I problems, but... One I was, console, I was... <laughs> but from multiple companies. You yes. Know? Like, it's the same... Like, DVD like, you know, players like... as a standard, yeah, where exactly. you can compete yeah. to create your own DVD players, but they all uh, they all render the same, like, disc. Yeah, like, so, I would... Yeah. I, I, I love the idea of a one-console future when it's not a monopoly, you know? Indeed. And I, I didn't mean to, like, imply that the one-console future was a good thing in all sure, regards, sure. just... If there was just one thing that everyone you could just play want all everyone the games to own a on, Wii U, Laura, don't you? Yes, I do. In <laughs> fact, it's beautiful. I've been I've been running around in my skull all week. Like, oh god, don't don't <sighs> remind me of the Wii U. The, me- yeah. the moment we're done here, 
I've got Devil's Third downloaded. Oh, I already have it. In the UK, you can currently get it for as low as £11 on Amazon. Uh, in, it, in it's the already US, that low. In the US, you can't get it on Amazon. Like, yeah. I had to pay full whack on uh, the eShop because Nintendo's so ashamed of it. Like, yeah. they've not given out review copies. The, um, you like, can barely find it in stores. Amazon doesn't have it. Like, Nintendo two, does not want people yeah. to remember but they're involved. Two weeks post-release, the retail version on Amazon has dropped from being a full priced release down to eleven pounds. That is miserable. So uh, I'm looking for. I'm yeah. keeping my fingers crossed that I can get some sort of, even if it's just ironic, like some sort of entertainment. From there is it. there is some it, very there is definitely some value in it. Like I have had a little mess around with it, and you can see a lot of interesting ideas of like an ambitious project that just like was taken out the oven. About five minutes into the 35 minute baking it was meant to have. Like, it's starting to get hot, but none of the stuff has cooked through. It's all still a little bit raw and pink. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm, I'm looking like forward to Like the view in Jim's way. office this week. Woo! <laughs> so, yeah, while, while we're speaking of. I'm sure there was a story I was going to segue to here. What were we talking about? Um. Oh, things about exclusives on consoles and such. We got a date, or a, at least a month, for when uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider is coming to PC. Oh, nice, because I really want It's happening in January. Oh, sweet. Yeah, much earlier than everyone expected, probably because of those abysmally low sales I would put money on. Good, because yeah. I'm waiting for the PC version to do the song so that I can do a pretty, pretty video for it. Have I lost you guys there, or...? No, I just wanted to see how long that weird silence could go. Like, because there was no reason for there to be an awkward I, silence. I muted there. my microphone, thinking, "Oh, Jim will say something in response to Gavin, and I'll have time to drink my drink." <laughs> it's like, nope. I try and take three seconds to have a gulp of, of, of Coca Cola. I mean, I could have got on. Jim's I'm just like, nah, so used to. Nah. It's like a reflex action now. I talk for three seconds and then wait to be cut off. You know. <laughs> But, yeah. I was just yeah, like I was just waiting to see how long that would go before no. Gavin got uncomfortable. Apparently, I'm not even allowed to keep like my basic bodily needs in check during the show. It's like, <laughs> nope, Laura's got to be here running the show, otherwise everyone stops talking. Um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't so... it wasn't a bad looking game on on Xbox One, but I would imagine the PC version is going to be pretty spectacular looking. Quite yeah, most likely considering the last um, Tomb Raider looked pretty spectacular on PC mm. at the time, so. They yeah, really that's do. good. Um, that's good. Kojima's got his new Sony thing going on. We got some Smash Brothers news this week. Oh, yes, we have, yeah. Um, obviously, the most exciting new character that was revealed, yet another sword wielder from Fire Emblem was announced. Uh, are we not excited about this? No? No? Fine, fine. I'll, I'll, I'll bring out the second hitter. I know it's not a big piece of news, but... Uh, Bayonetta's also coming to Smash. <laughs> is that your sound of hatred because you are so annoyed that this terrible character's been announced, Jim? No, that was me being filled with determination. Jim is filled with determination. Yeah, this is Bayonetta coming to Smash, which I'm really but, excited yeah. about. Like, when they announced the fan vote was going on and they were like, oh yeah, we're bringing a load of extra DLC characters. This was my big pick. I was like, I'd love to see Bayonetta... I somewhat doubt it will ever happen because, you know, the adult nature of the character. 
And I'm really pleased with what they showed off on the direct the other night. She seems to be a very, very combo-focused combo character that's... Her, her, her control scheme seems to very accurately mirror the sort of fluid combos of a character action game. Which yeah. is really interesting to see added to that roster. I mean, it's, 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 not, a nice it's not probably not difficult to do a kid-friendly version of Bayonetta, you know. It's... Yeah, like her, um, what, what's her line from the game? Uh, Never fuck with a witch or something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. It's now don't mess with a witch rather than don't fuck with does a witch. Her still, um, does her hair clothes still come off though? Or is it that... They, they do, but not to the extent they did in the game. Some of her hair clothes disappeared to, to make her a little bit... Toward nude, but mu- still much more strategically covered up than previously. Censorship! Liberal arts students! This all being said, it, she looks bloody interesting in terms of like the mechanics and that's the various cool. movesets she's got, so that's really bloody cool. As a last Smash mm-hmm. character, that was a decent pick. Um, I yeah. think it was very interesting that they talked about how she was the number one voted um, voted entry and then there was a little asterisk and it said that was feasibly doable. <laughs> like it's like she was the number one result that wasn't God, Jesus, Jesus wrapped her on a skateboard, Goku. Well she's I she's bet. definitely one of the characters that's feasibly doable. Oh, Ooh, oh you're gonna you put your dirty you're gonna put your face in her tits. Um, <laughs> so, I, I, I tell you I tell you what it probably was. What? I bet I bet the top vote was Solid Snake, and it's not feasibly doable because Konami <laughs> ain't playing ball. I, and I and I believe, you know, I'm not even being y- facetious. I find that highly believable. Y- you know what I genuinely believe was the top voted result from what I've seen. I'm pretty mm. sure the top voted result was Goku, mm. who is yeah, like also good. I bet unstoppable the top voted Super Saiyan God who is impossible Preston, to defeat. Preston Garvey. Everybody loves Preston Garvey, don't they? Yeah. He's like the most popular character game. that's ever been in a video game. <laughs> Everyone loves him. I think I, I reckon the top voted was Undertale. Like not even a character just from the game. It was just Undertale. Yeah. Oh you just my get, like, goodness. Lines of code running around beating the shit out of the other character. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I did quite enjoy. There was a quote this week. Going back to Undertale, but there's a reason here. Uh, the guy who made Undertale was like, "Oh yeah, if we ever put this on consoles, I think Nintendo consoles would be a good fit for it." I'm like, "Yep, yep." That is good. Everyone buy oh, your dude, Nintendo console. Get that bastard on a 3D. I, I yes. would have a hard time oh, thinking it. of a console that it wouldn't work on, to be honest. Yeah, but but I want it on my 3DS right now. Yeah. Now, 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 now. It would so make a fab mobile like, game, wouldn't it? Yeah, like I was, I wanted to, um, I was getting stuff ready for my plane trip last week, and I'm like, why the fuck isn't Undertale on my 3DS? <laughs> like, I had to play Dementium Remastered instead. Oh. That that wasn't good. Just play was, the Zelda was, was one that... on the three DS. That's great. Well, I can't remember the name of it, but it's really good. Triforce Heroes. No, no. There's an actual proper. Zelda oh, Link Time, Majora's Mask. It's like Link the, between the, the, the sequel Link to worlds. Link to the Past. Yeah, Link between, Link between worlds. That's it. It's great. That's a good one. Yeah. That is good. Oh, fun story. I've been playing. Um, Spirit Tracks, the the DS Zelda game that oh, you drive boy. a train on. Yeah. I've been yeah. playing that on my Wii U. The Wii U controller makes a really decent DS emulator for those oh, yeah, DS I ROMs. Thought, I think I um, bought the Minish Cap for uh, yeah. the Wii U. Like, I, I'm surprised at how well it works. Like The setup I've been using is one where like you basically hold the Wii U gamepad up sideways because Spirit Tracks is a uh, touchscreen-only game. So mm-hmm. you're gripping like that sort of grip bit on the back 
And you have your two screens just above each other on your portrait touchscreen. And then you just play it like your DS. It works really well. So I've been doing a bit of that in my week with no internet, which has been fun. Cool. Uh, what else do we have on the on the on the news? Uh, Linkle has been clarified to be um, a female hero that is not Link's sister, as was previously claimed, because there was some mistranslation stuff originally that said she might be Link's sister. Uh, you can buy leveling in Destiny now. Um, oh is anyone really surprised by that? I'm surprised by the bloody price. £25 per character that you want to level up to level 25. <laughs> so, like, let's say you've got one character it's of each class. Pathetic. If you wanted to, like, level up one character of each class to, like, level 25, which is no, not the level cap by any means, you'd be spending £100 to level up four characters. You know what? I'm just going to come out and say it. I hate corporations. This is. I just. I just fucking is, hate. Them. This is brand new news to me, Jim. I had no idea. I thought you liked Damn corporations. corporations being all corporationy. Well, I, I never <laughs> I say it. I never say it like properly, bluntly, out loud. But fucking out. Down with the man. Rage against the machine. Here's I'm actually, gonna race against every machine. On that topic, right? Um, I was talking to a friend this week who's a dad, and now he's not a gamer. He doesn't know anything about games, but he bought a PlayStation Four for his son. Um, for Christmas, and he was trying to set up... A, he was trying to set up the PS4, and B, he was trying to set up FIFA, and he just couldn't get his head around how many codes and bullshit and stuff he came mm. around, was coming along, and he's like, what's this EA account I have to do? And I ha- <laughs> I had to link him the story about EA winning the worst company in America two years in I, a row. I had to talk someone's dad recently. Someone's dad had got really into um, Call of Duty on the... Xbox 360 mm. and bought an Xbox One wanting to get the new Call of Duty. Yeah. And I had to talk them through the fact that even though they had purchased a disc-based version of Call of Duty, their version of Call of Duty would not run unless they downloaded a 9 gig patch. And that was a day one patch that without the game would just not work. And he was like, but I bought the disc. Why yeah. do I... Like, I bought the disc because I don't have good internet and I can't download that much. Why do I have to download it if I bought the disc? And I'm like, because people who make video games rush things out to the very last minute and are bullshit corporations. To be so, honest, playing... Sorry to have to teach you that. Playing Call of Duty with a bad internet is like a recipe for, like, well, rage. It's it's not like <laughs> that his internet's... As I understand it, it's not that his internet speed was bad. It's that he had a data cap. And yeah. that he couldn't justify downloading nine gigs of data in one go. Mm. Game companies really don't take that into account because they, mm. like you say, they, they don't give a shit about having the game ready at launch anymore. Yeah. And that is sad, I have to say. It's it's become yeah. a very so, yeah. annoying trend. Have, having to explain to him that, like, yeah, that game you bought, you're not going to be able to play. Like, how much data can you use a month? And he was like, I can justify maybe doing three gigs of that download this month, it's like, well, you're going to be waiting about three months before you can play that Call of Duty disc you bought. It's ridiculous. I mean, we we live in a world where in every other facet of entertainment, it's gotten easier and quicker. With things like Netflix and iTunes and Spotify and all of these services, the idea is quicker entertainment, instant access. You click a thing, you get a thing, you know. 
boot up Netflix. You've got like hundreds and hundreds and thousands of hours of shows that you can just click on and watch. You go to Spotify, you can just type in the name of a band and you've got their music. You go to iTunes, hit a button, you've you've bought an album. And then you go to games and they've just gone back in time. Like they've gone backwards from when you slapped a cartridge in a in a console and you had the game there and then. They've managed to go back in time where the rest of the entertainment yeah. in- mm. industry has gone forward, where it's just getting but harder it's, it's and because harder to play. A, a lot of that as, as well is because gaming is the only entertainment medium where it's feasible to do stuff like microtransactions and extra skins. Yeah, and- but it's still weird in that, like, as much as I love Xenoblade, there's weird little things like... Um, you have to da- if you want that ten gigs or so of like um, data on your hard drive to speed the game up. You can't install it from the disc. You have to download it on an internet connection. Mm. And there's like little things like that where it's like, surely there are better ways of doing this for consumers. And they're like, nope, whatever. It, it does Fuck happen them. sometimes in music, like when we got the best of Pearl Jam a few weeks back, and and the versions of of of. Once and even flow were fucking remasters and not the originals and the rest were originals. So instead of it was because that's how modern music. Oh yeah, sounds. I mean I'm not going to argue that the music. I, I I despise the music industry as an industry with yeah. all my heart. Like, but I think of all entertainment mediums, it's got the scummiest like back end industry. But they do. Just they in do, terms do of that like, like special edition shit where you get like two extra pieces. Oh sure, and... yeah. But I'm just talking in terms of um, service, like like instant access and service. And the, the game industry has just gone back and, in time. And, and buying and things it's, that it's work. It's, and it's only going to get worse for years and years to come until it until some threshold is crossed and it's like no, we don't accept this anymore. Mm. You're going to have probably another three to five years of this getting worse. Yeah, which is ridiculous because people pay for convenience. It's like things like iTunes and stuff have demonstrably in the past stopped piracy because it's easier. It costs, but it's easier to just click have an album than go look for album to illegally download. Mm. People will pay for the ease of use. It's why valet parking is a thing, you know? And yeah. and, and just seeing companies not... G- not get that just drives me up the wall yeah so in in conclusion fuck the corporation fuck the man fuck you i won't do what you tell me I down was with just the pigs say, rage against the machine yeah rage against the machine down with Did the I, down with the sickness i rage against every machine except vibrators it's very hard to rage against a vibrator I w- well, I i'm going to have to do this now aren't I? hang on you, you might s- Oh, hold on, Gavin's oh. doing a thing. Oh, is this time for Gavin's music corner it again? Might, it might be Gavin's oh. Oh. I'm gonna oh. keep, I hope it is. Oh. I'm crossing my fingers. Talk amongst yourselves. Okay. We're, we're just, we're just we'll in just keep raptured. talking about raging against the vibrator, though. Yeah, it's um, very hard to rage against a vibrator for very long, because you might rage against it at the beginning, but within a few seconds, it's probably not going to be rage you're feeling. Vibrators are very persuasive. They, they, they... They're resistant. If we're using D and D terms, they've got rage resistance, <laughs> um, and so they get advantage on their attack rolls. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't they, know where I'm going with. They've that, got some nice. D- they've got some nice debuffs going on. They they inflict. Um, they they inflict rage down upon you as a target. Yes. 
Absolutely. They reduce aggro. Yeah. Um, <laughs> super effective. Oh. Sorry, I can't find my plectrums and I have no nails, so... <laughs> That's, that's, that's as good right. as you're going to get today. That 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 is that is some well, good that was news. worth <laughs> So, do we want to do some questions this week? Hell yeah, let's, let's go for let's it. Let's do a couple of those. I'm finding them as we go because uh, we're doing this a bit early this week. What we got? Uh, David North wants to ask which video game villain is most likely to steal Christmas? Konami. Are you going to elaborate or just Konami? Just, just a bunch of pricks, isn't it? It is indeed just a bunch of pricks. Um, I'm going to go with the enemies from Xenoblade X because their mission is to destroy all the humans. And Christmas, as I understand it, is a human-only holiday. And as such, I think that if anyone's going to get rid of Christmas, it's going to be them because they don't like them human types. I don't know. Jesus celebrated one. Christmas, and isn't he like kind of not really human? I, I suppose it's. He's kind of like he, half he, human, half deity. He he. I was going to say he came out of a human, and appeared to physically be human. Therefore, he probably he's kind of like half man, half like Kratos he's or a Eddie Vedder, Cylon. He's, That's what he is. He's a goddamn Cylon, well, and he needs to be shot out of an airlock. <laughs> for, for certain, we know he's not one of the ganglions, so he's all right in that regard. Gavin, he's what, right there. what what villain's going to steal Christmas this year? Hmm, I would say Kratos. Actually, now that I think of Kratos, he would he wouldn't just steal Christmas. He would come into your house, hack apart your Christmas tree, hack about your hack hack apart your entire family. And then, like, cry about he'd, his son. He'd, or was he'd it his climb daughter? the clouds to heaven, murder Jesus, bring his carcass yeah. down and be like, you saw him die once, see him die again he'd be like, Christmas. I, I wanted an iPod for Christmas. No, I never <laughs> had my iPod for Christmas. Yeah, don't like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill Father Christmas too. He's the god of Christmas that is also not Jesus. Like, Kratos yeah. is, like, the ultimate, like, petulant fanboy. <laughs> like... When he doesn't get his own way, he just goes completely mental. Like, he destroyed, like, the entire world in order to just, like, get his own back on Zeus for stealing his his powers. What a dickhead. <laughs> right. He is a, he is a tit. What, what other questions we got this week? Um, Loads. We got a load of them. Some of them are of varying quality. I, I quite enjoy um, a question that was sort of hinted at by Johnny Love, um, which was... Are you looking forward to Hideo Kojima's next game and which British uh, game show would you like to see it based on? <laughs> so, what <laughs> do we want? Do we, do we want Catchphrase, no, the Hideo Kojima party. game? Oh, I, oh God! I want Hideo s- Kojima's house party would be amazing. <laughs> I want to see Hideo Kojima's Crystal Maze. Oh, that could be good. That would also I, I, I'd like to see Hideo Kojima's Labyrinth. Blind Days. Uh, what? No, not Labyrinth. What's it called? What's the one where they put the, a nightmare? La- Hideo Kojima's oh, nightmare. nightmare with a K. Can we get Can we get Hideo Kojima's nightmare, please? Fuck yeah. <laughs> um, I, so I can see. Other... I can see Kojima doing. An, I know it's not British. It's Australian, but he could do a cool round the twist game. Oh my goodness! I would love to see Hideo Kojima's episodic round the twist like video game or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, can we get him doing some kind of weird episode of Monster of the Week? 
Yeah, I would assume do creepy monster of the week TV show episode. I, I, I want to see Silverthorn lovingly rendered in in polygons with emotions. I want to see him do Big Break with Jim Davidson and Johnny Virgo reprising their roles, right down to Jim Davidson's racism. <laughs> I think that would be the video game to like. It would be the Undertale of its year. He could do Top um, Gear. It's only a game, so put up a real big fight. I'm gonna be snookering you, snookering you tonight. Big break. <laughs> so, we've got a question from Jonathan Bellina. Yes. Um, as an adult, have you ever gone back to a video game that you found too difficult as a child and just breezed through it as an adult with your OP gaming skills Doom. get good? Doom. Doom the first is one was- so easy. <laughs> The first one that jumps to mind for me is Banjo-Kazooie. Because when I was playing that back in the mid-90s when I was a little, little child, I couldn't get past maybe the third level. Crab. Like, I was maybe on the one where you're on the beach and there's the water and the big crabs mm-hmm. and you're in a treasure chest. And that's about as far as I got with Banjo-Kazooie. And I came back and played it when I was about 15 and was like, oh... Yeah, I collected every single item in every single corner of this game. This is not as hard as I thought it was. You see, there comes a point where your skills actually start to lessen the older you get. It's, <laughs> like, it's what, oh 20, God, it's think... apparently 27 yeah. is when your gaming skills start to go downhill. Uh-huh. I'm over the hill. Yeah. Like, I, I am over I the hill. I cannot compete with um, those, anyone... those like Adderall-addicted teenagers on yeah. Call of Duty. Yeah. I... Anyone who watches my YouTube channel knows that... like. It, my glory days, such as they were, are, are long gone. Uh, we've got... Uh, I've got three years or so before I hit my, my gaming peak, it seems. Enjoy so I'm, yeah, enjoy. Enjoy. Here's a You know, I, I, can still be, I can still when, be 360, no scope, elite, pro, game of the guys, year, 420, blaze it. When, when you're watching a Let's Play and the person playing it is awful at the game, do you find yourself internally screaming... No, really? I know that I'm shit at games too. If their commentary is interesting, then it really doesn't. I was me watching a, a let's games. play this week, and it's actually of of a friend of mine. I was laughing at her because she was playing Fallout, and all through the video, I was like, "Oh my god, use vats, use vats, use fucking oh, vats!" Oh my god, there is a thing we didn't talk about that I think needs acknowledging that happened over the last week mm-hmm. since we last recorded one of these shows. Total Biscuit came up with a fucking army national anthem. Oh, I heard about you know that. What? Yeah, it made me cry. It was beautiful. <laughs> it, it like was, it was emotional. Ev- everyone they, listening, put your personal feelings about Total Biscuit <laughs> aside for a few minutes. It is three and a half minutes of very impassioned anti-Konami national anthem singing, and it's kind of beautiful because every time you think it's going to wrap up, it just boosts back up. And I'm very sad that he came up with it rather than us. I'm very yeah, sad that that was not. That, I was disappointed that's, the one that's thing not I don't on our like show. About it. It's yeah. Like, I, why didn't, why didn't I do we do that? <laughs> I yeah, know we we are but, being outdone on like our entire shtick. Yeah, like, that's not good. We need to have a board meeting. Damn, but, damn yeah. optional stealing our shtick. That's, that's yeah, more like co-opting. Oh, it's fine. Before <laughs> the next, before the next episode, we will have a big brainstorming meeting. Um, I'm suggesting now. We can go back to Ubisoft, who used to be really good fodder for us, and we can come back with our own like counter sing- single, the well, anti Ubisoft. Well, guys, I did the theme anthem. song for the Co-Optional podcast, so in a way, we're singing on that show every week. Oh, 
Oh, I, I like that you true. allow me and Jim to be included in that. <laughs> Thank you. You guys were in spirit when I made the theme song for Co-Optional. I, I don't think you knew me at the time, but I like to believe that I was with you in spirit. Um, Ian Hayes wants to ask... Uh, Haynes, I think there's an N in there, wants to ask, Yo, 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 what are you dudes' favourite drinks to drink at Christmas time? Well... There's this very nice Japanese beer called Azahi. I highly recommend yes. it if you can it's a get very hold of it. It's a very dry beer, isn't it? Yeah, it's a very gentle, easy lager to drink. It is very I think pleasant. it's a lager. Is it a lager? I believe so. Yeah, it's a very easy, nice... In fact, I'm having one right now. <laughs> I've had a couple what right about, now. What, a, what about you, Jim? What's your Christmas drink of, of really, choice? I don't really have one. I mean, He I just, just swims around on the around. floor and drinks his own jizz. <laughs> The, from from the paddling pool's worth of it that's going to be there at the end of this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. I'll, I'll mix a little eggnog it's, in there. It's full of protein, you know. Um, so, <laughs> my my favourite... <laughs> so, my favourite uh, Christmas... I'm running running down that, your so leg, Nog. Yeah. My my <laughs> uncle Uncle Jim's smegnog, uh, a festive treat. My my favorite. For those who <laughs> sorry, Laura, uh, sorry, Laura. My, my favorite <laughs> Christmas drink is a Christmas drink from somewhere in Europe that um I don't know what it's actually called, but I have dubbed it Sad Christmas. Um, <laughs> basically, have you ever had those like? spiced christmas biscuits that are kind of like gingerbread but with like some other christmasy spices in them like thin rectangular biscuits you get at christmas no nope okay well they're like very christmasy tasting biscuits and there is an uh, there is a liqueur that tastes like you mixed those biscuits with like pure ethanol and it basically just tastes like the only way i can describe the taste of this drink is it tastes like Christmas Day. You're alone. You wanted your family to come over. You invited them for Christmas dinner. They were meant to arrive about three hours ago. They're still not here. You're on your second scotch of the afternoon. You're not going to stop until the bottle's down. (laughs) You sit down, slump in the chair. Scotch and Christmas biscuits is the most British thing. (laughs) (laughs) You've you've got like a really... Have some scotch and British biscuits. Christmas biscuits, everyone. Oh God! So in, <laughs> in my in mind, in my mind, it's a much more depressing scene than Gavin's voice. There, <laughs> you're like depressingly slumped in the sofa. There, like you're gonna finish off the bottle of scotch and throw the empty bottle in the fire. You got your biscuits next to you, and you kind of shovel them in your face, and you're just like, <laughs> did, no one loves me. Did you guys, and that is the taste of this drink. Did you guys see Pornhub's <laughs> Christmas advertisement? No. It's amazing. You have to watch. If you're everyone, stop listening to the podcast now for a second. Go and no, no, go no, and no, search don't, no. Pornhub's Christmas advertisement. It's on YouTube. It's suitable for work. You can watch it anywhere. It's so fucking funny. It's the funniest ad ever. You have to watch it and then come back and listen to us. And or, don't get distracted know, by Pornhub. Or you know, don't pause and go to Pornhub because you'll <laughs> never come back to finish off the episode. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, don't. It fall out. Yeah, like, I was going to say Fallout 4 couldn't stop Pornhub, but then they did. Yeah, they I did. <laughs> yeah, we need to, we're not better than Fallout 4, that's the problem. So we can't, we can't do what Fallout 4 did. So if you go to Pornhub, you won't, don't listen to the show first. We'll, you know, we'll get you all horny up. 
for it. You'll you'll be dripping. Pre- Just listen to my voice. Exactly. So you're proper juicy when this show's done. Then go to Pornhub and finish yourselves yeah. up. Just sit sit um, on the speaker while I go. Ooh. <laughs> if you're one of those um those uh, what's the 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 word for the very soft spoken. Oh, the ASMR. ASMR. If you're an AMSR, uh, ASMR fan, here you go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you ready. Right? You ready? Yeah, go on. Mm-mm. Hello. <laughs> I'm here in your ears. Can you hear me? I'm coming right inside your ears. Welcome. Are you ready to jack off? I hope so. And there that we go. actually sounded pretty similar to those ASMR people on YouTube. I have yeah, to. I, I have reckon to hand I could probably. You. I think I could probably start an ASMR probably channel without if I needed to. Probably the jacking off bit, but yeah, probably without that, jacking that off bit. That seems <laughs> to be kind of what you they're implying that. in a lot of those videos, yeah. anyway. Like replace the jacking off bit with like some some bubble wrap and like some sandpaper to gently rub, and like I'd be I'd be set up with like the next few years of my career. <laughs> Laura, yeah. <laughs> What Patreon goal would you need to make that a regular thing? Okay, you you guys want this to be a regular thing? Uh, Patreon goals. I want it to okay, be a regular Patreon thing because goal- that was amazing. Okay, Patreon goals is a weird thing because I've fallen back a Patreon goal because <laughs> they they updated Patreon, so now it does that like showing your estimated income rather than total. Yeah. Let's say if I hit twenty three hundred dollars a month. I will make this a weekly thing. I will do Laura's creepy AM- ASMR corner. God, that'd be so. There you go. There's a there's a milestone for you, Internet. Let me into your ears. Just okay. let me in. Don't no, d- Jim. Don't, Jim. Uh, no, oh god. Jim, I'm yeah. inside your ears. Just let me in. That's all you have to do. Just let me in. Oh, oh god, okay. Right. Time to I will not be able to finish the show if that continues. Yeah. Um, um, Jim's beating up some eggnog right now. Oh god. I'm getting the smeck dog bottles ready. Um, a new shipments coming in. Alan Alan Digney wanted to ask, uh, will the disappointing sales of Rise of the Tomb Raider make publishers think twice about third-party exclusivity deals, at least with Microsoft? No, because I, that, that I, implies no. that publishers learn from their terrible mistakes, so no. Well, yeah, I, It also implies that Square Enix cared about the sales, and something tells me the money was made on that shit. Yeah. Something tells me the way Square Enix behaved, it mattered not one jot to them whether or not... Well, it's probably going to matter to Microsoft, and that will probably in turn matter to Square Enix. Well, I I feel like there's a couple of factors at play here. I think Square Enix probably got paid enough that they don't care that it didn't sell well. I think Microsoft. I don't didn't know. Guys. Really I want think, this for the? I don't think Microsoft I think even wanted if you, this for the. Even if you got paid already, it's still yeah. going to be disappointing if your game doesn't sell well. Well, I I think that let's see how the sales are doing. End of year one. Mm. If they've if they're still bad, then they Square might be upset. I think right now they're probably not too worried. And my other thought is that Microsoft, they probably were in this much more for the positive press of having something that was exclusive to them, or at least what they saw as positive press and something else that they could populate their lineup with as an exclusive. I I wouldn't be surprised if it gets a way bigger push for the PS4 version. Quite possibly, but I think I think both Microsoft and Square are probably not too unhappy with how it sold. So 
we'll see. I don't think this is going to like stop exclusivity deals or timed exclusives being a thing. Yeah, um, no, I don't either. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's... Well, we've just seen Kojima and Sony, you know. Yeah. And should we do one last question before we finish off? Um, let's go for it. Right, let's find a last one. Um... Uh, Tony Thorson wants to ask what do you all think is the best piece of work you've ever created Mm. it's a nice question where we can all be a bit positive about ourselves and our work yeah you you got a particular piece of work you're proud of Gav? I've got lots but um, I, I think Dream of the Sky always stood out as one that was good in a way that other songs I do generally aren't as in it was very proggy and had a lot of different kind of parts. But I just think pretty much everything I've done this year is better than everything I've done before this year. And that's generally been the the consensus from I've heard from fans. So mm. this year's work I'm very proud of. So stuff like Don't Say a Word, London Town, Lady of Worlds, basically everything that's on the new album, which you can buy now on Bandcamp. <laughs> I feel very similarly. I feel like this year is probably the best year I've had in terms of quality of things I've put out. Um, I feel like the Peter Molyneux interview back in January is probably a big highlight. Um, I was also really proud of the Polygon piece I did about the second episode of Life is Strange. I thought that turned out really, really well. Um, I have a piece in the works that is ready to go out that is waiting on some contractual stuff from a developer when that goes out i'm really bloody proud of how it turned out personally and i think it might be it might be the the thing that i'm like yeah this is the new benchmark for me to hit but that depends on how other people receive it because if it turns out that everyone thinks it's shit then i might take that back (laughs) (laughs) so uh there yeah peter molyneux interview probably or that polygon thing what i did i think for me konami is konami um, is an episode You'll of the position I'm quite proud of. Um, and as divisive as it was, I thought an extreme outrage was quite funny as an episode. Um, also, my review of The Beginner's Guide, I'm quite proud of. I think that's some of the best writing I've done. Mm, definitely. It was a very impressive piece of piece of writing. So yeah, look at that. We were all positive about ourselves and didn't disparage our own work for once. I never disparage my own work. <laughs> yeah, you, you're you great all the time. There's yeah. this like thing that I keep seeing recently, people talking about this thing called the imposter syndrome. And yeah, I just do a- not get it. I'm like, my work's fucking good because I put the time in over a decade, <laughs> so I do not feel imposter. I feel I deserve this. I get, <laughs> I, I, I get terrible imposter oh, syndrome. Oh, so do I. I am racked with the stuff. Really? Yeah, I... I'm the I opposite, constantly... man. I look at the other shit that's getting the more <laughs> views than me and go, I should be getting that many views. <laughs> yeah, I I have terrible self-esteem and I look at all the things I'm creating and I'm like, yeah, I'm creating all this stuff and all these people seem to love it, but that's because they just haven't worked out yet that it's secretly shit. Yeah, I get that. I'm like, they don't know that deep down I'm like the worst human being yeah. in the world. They, they don't yet know me. that like all of this is coming from a bit of my brain that's like actually just stealing stuff that I saw on like Nine Gag or something. It's like, oh, that <laughs> may, maybe my brain is just like aggregating content that I don't even realize it's doing it. And one day it's going to be like, oh, Laura quoted this sentence from here and that's all her career is. And I'm like, oh, no, I didn't even know. 
It's okay, Laura. So, we all we yeah. all take influences from those that we enjoy in our own field. Like, for example, the great Eddie Vedder. Wrestler <laughs> soul, joy are you. And on that note, um, that beautiful Eddie Vedder note, I think it's time for us to wrap up. Yeah, um, this this and, is and go bye bye. Yeah, let's go. I gotta go have a nap before I go off to see my my my, yeah. my film about the dog who could fire a gun. Oh yeah, and there's uh, some friend. movie coming out tonight, isn't there? Yeah, some film. Some yeah, as, Star, as some of, new Star Trek movie. Yeah, yeah. it's it's uh, no joke. I am currently debating like going for the Star Wars um, midnight showing in the UK. I don't know whether I should go in my Star Trek officer's uniform dress. Do they serve or tea and my Mass Effect in uniform? British cinemas, Laura? It depends which cinema you go to. Not in the Odeon or the ABC, but they probably they would like if you went to like Empire Cinema. Do they have to bring cinema. out like Tetley for you and pour it into the cup for you? If and you only can sit there once and go, again. Oh, this movie you, would be so there, much there is, better if it was directed is, by the Queen. There is a Costa that you can get a tea. You can get a cup of tea from Costa, pour yeah. it into a, a china mug that you brought from home, and have your cup of tea in the cinema. Because, like, I suppose if if you like come over here to the colonies, we like serve like whiskey and Guinness in the cinemas here, and we all wear green hats. Oh. Okay, uh, and they show side- Star Wars with like a, it doesn't have the blue and orange tint that it has everywhere else in the world. It has a green tint, like Fallout 3. <laughs> green green yeah. and gold. Yeah. Okay, so slight tangent before we finish. Um, the most British experience I ever have is when I went to see... Um, I went to see Welcome to Night Vale live um, back in 2014 at mm. a venue that was like a, a church that's rented out for, for music events and things. And the little old lady who runs the church is like tea counter with all their like mismatching mugs that they've been given by the churchgoers <laughs> had her little counter at the back. Um, so I went and got my cup of, like, my nice cup of tea and sat in the pews and watched Welcome to Night Vale. That's fine. I went back there a few <laughs> months later for a rock concert. Mm. I was still able to get my mug of tea at the rock concert and be like, yes, I'm going to go to Ethel over in the cu- corner in the cupboard, get a cup of tea and gently sip it in the pews next to where the concert's happening. <laughs> Brilliant. So Britain nice. is wonderful. Yeah I've, I've, yeah, I've had a few British experiences and they've all been very nice. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I do want to wear either my... Different kind of experiences to yours that I, you just no- noted, but... But yeah, I am debating whether to wear my Star Trek or Mass Effect uh, outfit to uh, to the Star Wars trailer tonight. Uh, trailer? Premiere, whatever, the midnight thing. Because I just, yeah. I, I feel like that would be an amusing joke to do. I might go Commander Shepherding. <laughs> You should go Commander Shepard. It feels, I can't it feels like a... that'd be comfy in the seat, though. Uh, I might take it off and put it in front of me in the seat before the film starts. That would but, be wise. You know. You wouldn't be able to drink your tea otherwise. Well, exactly. I've got limited mobility in my armour. I don't know how stormtroopers do it. Yeah. Yeah. Should we, should we wrap up? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Laura, Laura, you do other things. You don't just go to watch Star Wars in the cinema and do ASMR videos that make me feel funny and... <laughs> And wrong, and like a dirty boy. Um, what else do you do, and where can we find it? Well, if you like the things that I do on the internet, oh, <laughs> you can find me in most places at Laura K Buzz. That's Laura K Buzz on Twitter, Laura K Buzz on YouTube, Laura K Buzz on Patreon, which pays the bills and will pay for me to do all sorts of ASMR things deep within your ears. Laura K Buzz on Reddit. Laura K. Buzz pretty much anywhere you might want to go. That's Laura K. Buzz. I'm fucking done. <laughs> Get-
Like, I'm, I'm literally just melting back in my chair. Gavin, Gavin, do you... Can you even hear me through your, your pool of jizz there, Jim? <laughs> like, basically, everything Jim's hearing now is like... Jim, Jim, I'm, I'm so sorry. Blub, blub, blub. Will you please accept my apology deep within oh, you? No. Deep within you. That shit works. <laughs> Get a room, you two. <laughs> Kevin, please, bring me some Eddie Vetter. Bring me back to life. Well, search Miracle of Sound on Twitter and YouTube because if you're looking for awesome video game music, you can find a better man. That's amazing. I sat right back up to that. Yeah. That's like smelling salts. Yeah, it's like you got, you got to kind of get your, the mix your... of that like mid '90s kind of rare Everton and then kind of mix mix a bit of a goat in with it. I I feel like we found <laughs> Jim's uppers and downers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a psychological mess now. I don't know which way I'm going. It's like you're falling asleep, but you got a rock hard erection. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, where can we find you on the internet? Jim up there, spoken. <laughs> oh, Jim. 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 I'm so sorry oh, to anyone listening who's a Pearl Jam fan. <laughs> Jim, where can we find you on the internet? God damn it. Covered in Jim. You'll know where to get me. Yeah. I'm Jim Sterling everywhere. Um... You know, Jim Sterling on YouTube. I, I've had my break from GamerX. I'm getting right back into work. So, got some reviews planned. Going to get through Devil's Third. You can look for that on thegymposition.com as soon as it's ready. Uh, I've got Gabe Newell Simulator uh, that just went up no. at the time of recording on uh, YouTube. Um, check it out. It's shit. Um, this week's Gymquisition was Active Time Prattle. It was all about the ATB system. It was stuff like, like what we discussed last week. Um, and yeah, Gymquisition Awards next week, December Woo-woo. 21st. Yes, please. Um, six. We're doing six this year. I normally do five, but I just I couldn't get. Is rid that going to be our last so, show of the year? Actually, when no, we do got, next week, no, it'll be second. Two, we've got two more. When do we? Last... When do we do our games of the year? Do we do it on the last of the year or just I, before I'm thinking Christmas? We do it, I'm thinking we do it either on the last episode of the year or, or whichever one is closest to oh, got the hiccups. Jim's Jim. When are your ASMR game of the year going out? The uh, my. The official Gymquisition Awards are next Monday, December 21st. Okay, so maybe so. me and Gavin should bring our Game of the Year nominations for next week's episode. Sweet. That would work. Yeah. I know people want the very last one of the year to have us drunk. Mm. Um, should we, well, you've so. got that like nearly every other episode this yeah. year. Should we, should we make this our <laughs> next two episodes then, in theory, is next week we do Game of the Year stuff, the week after we have a bit of a piss up. I, well, I, I let's like just get idea. dates because I won't be around the twenty. Well, we can sort that out after. <laughs> well, we'll yeah, do we'll this off yeah. the air. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so look forward to that. We got some. We've, we've got some themed podquisitions coming up. Um, yeah. We've got Jimquisition, uh, Jimquisition Awards next week. Week after that is uh, the the bigger tradition, the top ten shittiest games of the year. Oh, that's that's, gonna, that's be... the fun one, man. I like watching that on your channel. That's going to be a lot of fun. Mm. I'm bringing out the shrimp mask for it. I also like Angry Joe's shittiest games of the year videos. They're always fun as well. He does good Mm. work, yeah. And actually, thanks to him, I got a ton of subscribers last year because he talked about the digital We need to get Joe on this podcast, man. Joe Joe fans listening, go tell Joe to to, uh, come guest with us. We'll, we'll, we'll chat. I could just ask him. Yeah, we'll see. We should should just see if he's free for like the beginning of 2016, maybe. 
I'll send him a message. I'll see. I what think drop he'd be him a, a line. Fun guest to have. Yeah. Um, so that's that. Thank you all for listening. As always, thank you for your support on Patreon. Thank you for supporting Laura, and thank you for supporting Gavin. And just thank you for being awesome. Thank you for putting um, up with this bollocks in your ears. Yeah, that was a pretty weird episode. Thanks for listening. I, I think it's one of our best. This. Thank you. Thank you for coming on this wonderful journey with me. Oh God, I'm talking about coming on a wonderful journey. <laughs> this this um, is a, either going to go down as one of the all-time best or worst episodes ever. I'm happy with it either way. Oh. Um, so yeah, just thank you always um, for everything you do. We will see you next week, and bye, 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 bye. I love these. Bye. Yeah. <laughs>